Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. So this morning we are diving into our series again, Since You Believed. And this morning we are talking about Since You Believed, Are You Serving? All right, now it's rainy outside, and you can probably come in this morning and want to be a little blah, so I'm going to need you to stand up with me this morning. Let's do a little wiggling. Let's get up. Come on. Come on. Let's get ready. Now, on the count of three, I want everybody to say, I'm in the Lord's army. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's do, let's do that part. Let's do that part. You ready? Let's try again. Let's do the yes sir part. Just for me. Just because I want to. Ready? One, two, three. That's amazing. All right, lift your hands up. Get ready. Lord, we love you this morning. We praise you, Father. You are good. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace that you have poured out on each one of us this week. Father, and I pray that during this message you would plant seeds that would bring a harvest in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so since you believed, are you serving? Just the other day, uh, Pastor Steve and I, we went to Sam's Club. Now, how many bulk shoppers do I have in the house? Love them some Sam's Club, yes. All right, when we went in Sam's Club and this man approached us as we were shopping, and you may have had this happen to you if you've been in there recently, but this man approached us with a little ticket, and he told us that if we would take that ticket and go to the blue table at the front of the store, that we would receive a free gift. There were also messages coming across the speakers that said, in two minutes, meet us at the blue table with your ticket, and you will receive a free gift. It was like some really cool kitchen knife, I'm not sure. But anyway, it was supposed to be a really nice gift. Well, as Pastor Steve and I were checking out, I happened to look over at the blue table, and there were people already gathered around that table with their ticket in hand, waiting to receive their free gift. Nothing wrong in that. We all love some free stuff, right? The man wasn't even at the table yet, and these people, I guess they did know, or you know, right, that when you take that ticket up to the table, you got to stand there and watch like a 30-minute demonstration before you get your free gift, right? But when I saw that, and I saw these people with their ticket in hand, and they were gathering around this table already, ready to receive their free gift, I really felt reminded that we surely do live in a world today that runs on the what's-in-it-for-me mentality. The what's-in-it-for-me mindset. We do live in a world that focuses so heavily on what is in this for me. And even... When we start talking about the word serving in the church, I think that we can begin to automatically feel like that somebody wants us to do a job or somebody just wants us to do work. But how many of you know that is not the case? Since you believed, are you serving because you love Jesus? Any Jesus lovers in the house today? As believers, we don't serve because we feel an obligation that you have to. You serve from a place that says, I love you, Lord. We serve from a place of love for our Lord. Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work at it with your heart. Working for the Lord, not human masters. Now, I find it real interesting that in that verse, God tells us to work at it with all of our heart. Say the word heart. Y'all going to talk to me this morning. This is a two-way street. 
Yes. Don't you find that interesting that in that verse, God says that he wants us to work at it with all of our heart, not our physical strength. Not all of your mind, not all of your ability. No, the Lord says to work at it with all of your heart because we serve the Lord with our whole heart. We love the Lord with our whole heart. And that verse reminds us that we don't do it for the church. We don't do it for faith assembly. We don't do what we do for the sake of a good deed. No, we do it because we love the Lord. And God has been so good to us. And God has been so faithful to us. And we want to give back to Him because He loves us so much. When we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, and we love Him with all of our soul and our mind, we love the Lord our God with all of who we are, then we are going to want to serve Him. Number one today, when we serve, it's an overflow of who God is in our life. That is an amazing thought. The overflow of who God is in our life. I want you to think about it as you go out into the public places and, oh, you spot that fountain and that fountain is so beautiful because it looks so fresh and it looks like it has so much life and it's just overflowing with beauty. And that's how it should be in our lives because we have tasted and seen how good our God is and we know how good He is and how faithful He is and it just overflows in our lives. Now some people aren't serving because they don't feel like they have an overflow to pour from. Having an overflow of the presence of God in our lives brings us to a place where we want others to experience all that we have experienced in our relationship with the Lord. When you've tasted of the faithfulness of God, that overflows out of your life and you want others to experience the faithfulness of God. When you know how good God has been to you, that overflows in your life and you want others to experience the goodness of God. You see, when God does something in your life, it's not just for you. It's for those around you. The blessings in your life are not just for you to sit back and enjoy, but they're for you to be a blessing to others. The hurts, the disappointments in your life are not just so that you can walk through a hard time. You go through that hard place and you go through that disappointment because we live in a fallen world. But it is in that place that you can be a voice of hope and a voice of encouragement to those around you. Because we serve a God that doesn't want to see us hurt. But we live in a fallen world. And you need to take that opportunity in that moment that you do feel so hurt and you do feel so disappointed to bless Bless someone else through your pain. I'm so thankful today that we serve a God that never wastes one hurt in our lives. Nothing that we go through that is painful. Nothing that we go through that disappoints us or hurts us. God never wastes a single hurt. And he's asking us today, church, to let that overflow in your life because it's in that very place that you can be a voice of hope to those around you. If you're on the mountaintop today, we celebrate with you. We celebrate the goodness of God in your life, and we hope that you will share that with others. 
But if you're in the valley today, I just want to celebrate with you that we serve a God who doesn't leave us in the valley. We serve a God who doesn't leave us in the pit, not the pit of our fears, not the pit of our feelings. He won't leave you in the valley. If you allow God to, he will turn your pain into a platform for your glory. If you allow him to, he will redeem every single thing in your life, good or bad, hurt or glad. He will redeem it for his glory. Our God turns everything into good, and it gives you a place to speak into the lives of others around you. What do we need to do to walk in this beautiful overflow that God wants us to have in our lives? What do we need to do to walk in the overflow of who God is so that we can serve others? We need to take time to be B-E. We need to take time to be. Oftentimes, believers don't serve because they haven't taken time to be. In Genesis, we read that God created human beings. Genesis 1.27, God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. Your desire to, to serve comes when you have taken time to be. God created you to be. Someone once said, God created human beings, not human doers. God created human beings, not human doers. We are to be a disciple of Jesus. We are to be in fellowship and relationship with God. We're to be in the Word. We're to be in prayer. And in the Bible, we see a setting in the home of Martha and Mary, and it's found in Luke 10, 38 through 42. And I want to read that to you this morning. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I can see myself all too often as Martha, running around, getting all the preparations done, checking off the to-do list and doing everything that needs to be done. And there was nothing wrong with what Martha was doing. You know, she was getting everything ready for Jesus. You see, in this account, it wasn't that what Martha was doing was necessarily wrong. She was taking care of the preparations. She was taking care of the chores. It was just that Jesus was teaching her that first and foremost, before anything else, we have to be with Jesus. We have to be attentive to Jesus, and we have to listen for the voice of Jesus, because there are so many things that are yelling at us and buying for our time in this world today. And you know, a lot of people say, oh yes, and I agree, you can be with Jesus on the lawnmower. You can be with Jesus in the shower. You can be with Jesus as you vacuum the floor, right? Anybody had a Holy Ghost fire while you vacuum in the floor? Like, you're like, oh, praise God, this is good. I'm going to vacuum another room. Nothing wrong with that, but nothing takes the place. When we decide we're going to put everything to the side, 
including the lawnmower and the vacuum cleaner. And we are going to get in a posture on our knees that we can truly listen and hear the voice of God and that we can stand and declare to others because we have been with Jesus. Be attentive to Jesus. Be at the feet of Jesus. When we live a life of being with Jesus, there's going to be an overflow in our lives of who he is. When we live a life of being with Jesus, there's going to be an overflow of what Jesus is doing in our lives. When you have been with Jesus, you want other people to be with Jesus. When you've been with Jesus and you've experienced his love, you want everybody around you to experience his love. Come on, aren't you that way about the sales at the Bath and Body Works or the Belk? You're like, man, this is on sale. Come on, come on, this is good. You can get a deal. How the more should we be proclaiming that God has raised me up out of the valley and God has set my feet on solid ground and God has shown me goodness, faithfulness, that we should be declaring that to those around us. When you're a woman that has faced some really hard times, and you have witnessed God's faithfulness, then you're going to want to spread that message of victory to other women around you. When you have been with Jesus and he has whispered words of truth to your dying heart, you're going to want to echo those words ever so loudly to those around you who are dying. Maybe you remember what it was like to be a boy and to have godly men in your life and maybe you remember what it was like growing up as a boy and not having godly men in your life. So today, you make a choice that you want to serve in Royal Rangers or you want to serve in the kids' ministry because you know how important it is to have that in your life and to speak life into those boys. How about the times you know what it means to receive kindness and you know what it means to receive smiles from those in the marketplace and come on somebody, most especially from those in the house of God, right? That we should be smiling and just showing the love of Jesus in this place. So I know that you come into this place today not only ready to receive a blessing, but we come into this place ready to be a blessing. Amen? We come into this place not only ready to receive from our Lord, but we're ready to pour out into others all around us because there are not only hurting people in this county, but there are hurting people on the church pews right beside you. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to be a blessing to you today. Tell yourself, I mean, my husband, I don't know who he's talking to over there. I want to be a blessing today. <laughs> Serving will flow out of you once you have taken time to be. Serving will flow out of you once you have taken time to be. Because church, we got to remember that we can't give something that we don't have. We can't give something that we don't have. Jeremiah 29 but if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is, is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. When you have been with Jesus and you have experienced what he has done in your life, when you have been up against the devil and you have declared truth over your life, you're going to want to declare that to those around you. When you've been in the darkest of night, you're going to want to declare to others around you that joy comes in the morning. When you have felt less than and you have felt beat down, you're going to want to declare to others that greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. 
When you have Jesus inside of you, you're going to want others to experience that too. No matter what you do, you don't want to keep it to yourself. You don't declare this truth just with a microphone in your hand. It's how you live your life. How you serve others in your church and community. I mean, how are you serving your church with your mouth? Are you speaking life? Are you sharing the great things God is doing? Or are you focusing only inward? Are you focusing on you alone? Do you appreciate the love and kindness that God has shown you to the point that you want to come into this place and you want to smile and you want to greet others as they come through that Excuse me, as you come as they come through that door because you know what it means to have a smile. You know what it means to show kindness to people as they come through that door because you have known and you have experienced the love of Christ. Do you appreciate the saving grace of God that was poured out on your life? So much that you want to help serve at the college because there are ECU kids there that need Jesus. Do you appreciate the saving grace of God that was poured out over your life so much that you want to serve in the men's ministry because we need to see men in this day and time rise up and be the men that God has called them to be? Do you appreciate the saving grace of God that was poured over your life that you want to come and sing praises to God in this choir because you know what God has done for you and you want to pour that out to others around you it's not where or if I can take on another job it's an overflow of who God is to you and what you know that he has done for you and you want to see him do that for others you know I remember a time that I was spending a lot of time with an older wiser lady in my life we were spending time together, and we would plan days together, like maybe we would go shopping, or we would do whatever came up. And one thing that she would always say to me every time we would get together and get ready to go off for the day is she'd say, now, honey, I have to be home before my husband gets home. I have to be home before he gets home because I have to fix dinner. She wanted to be there before he got home to fix dinner. And the generation I am from, I was thinking, well, I under, really don't understand that actually because, like, he ain't going to starve, right? Like, if we go shopping one day or we go into town, like, he's not going to starve. I mean, I know mine ain't, right? I left some ramen noodles, and he knows the way to McDonald's, and, you know, he's going to be fine. But she wanted to get back home before her husband got home so that she could prepare the meal. And I want to go ahead and say now to you younger wives, I am not saying that you, you should change and start preparing every meal because I like to practice what I preach and I'm not really going to be changing my ways. So, you know, you just do you and you just follow the Lord on that, okay? But, you know, it was like he was going to starve. And I remember that. But here's the deal. What I'm saying is that when it comes to the things of the Lord, and serving out of the abundance of what is in us. I think we could learn a lot from that generation and how we need to make serving Jesus a priority in our lives. And we need to make serving Jesus a priority in our agendas in this life. Serving because we love Jesus seems that it has fallen by the wayside. And in a lot of ways, people are moving in the vein of, well, what's in it for me? 
And I believe today that God wants to challenge some people to take a look at your agendas, to take a look at what God has done in your life and come to a place that because God is overflowing in your life, you have a desire that you want others to experience what you have experienced because you are madly in love with Jesus. Point two today, because when you step out to serve Jesus, Here's what's going to happen. Number two, you need to beware that the devil will try to hinder your service. Beware that the devil will try to hinder your service. Matthew 20, 28 says, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we serve, it's another way that we are following Jesus' example. So I promise you, When you set out to do anything, no matter how big or how small it seems in your eyes, the enemy is going to come against you. The enemy will try to make you feel like that nothing you do matters. The enemy will try to make you feel like that what you're doing, you don't have the ability to do. But when you choose not to serve, you're like a river full of blockages. You're no longer like that beautiful fountain that's overflowing the goodness of God, but you become like a river full of blockages. And in that place, you become stale. And in that place, you become stagnant. Because in order to keep receiving the fullness of God for all of us, we have to pour out as He pours into us. We have to pour out what God is pouring into us. And he wants that living water to flow from the inside of you out into this church, out into your family, out into this community. Serving allows God's goodness and God's work in your life to flow out to others. I'm so thankful for the people in my life who didn't allow the enemy to stop them. But they decided, no, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to serve as God has called me to serve. Those people who were Sunday school teachers, those people that did dinners with the missionette girls, and every person that just showed up to church and said, I want to be a blessing, and I'm going to speak life over everybody that comes through those doors because it changed my life. And if you'll walk in the fullness of God in that way and allow the Holy Spirit to flow that outpour through you, you'll make a difference in the lives of people around you. But oh yes, beware that the devil wants to hinder your service. Because when you set out to do anything for Jesus, when you set out to do anything to make a difference in the lives of others, the devil's going to play on your weakness. So many in the church don't see the need to serve because the enemy has them so inward focused. The enemy has them inward focused. And if the devil can keep you looking at your problem, he will keep your eyes off of Jesus. If the devil can keep you looking at your inabilities, and if the devil can keep you looking at your faults and failures, he will paralyze you from walking out your purpose, from walking out your destiny, and from receiving the blessings that God wants to pour out on your life. You know, there was one time that I encountered this woman And this woman was feeling the call of God. This woman was feeling the need to serve. But she said, I want to share uh, with others what God has done for me, but I am scared. 
I feel like people would talk about me if I tried to do something for the Lord. Or possibly that people wouldn't even want to hear what I had to say. I feel like I could never walk out what the Lord is asking me to do. Can I just tell you that whatever you set out to do for Jesus, the devil wants to put a stop to it? And I fully understand that because that woman that I encountered was me. That woman that I encountered was me because it doesn't matter what age you are or who you are in this place today, you have insecurities. You have insecurities and you have faults and you have failures and you have places in your life where the enemy tries to stop you and block you and keep you from moving into the fullness that he is calling your life into. But church, I'm here to tell you today that I know that there are people in this room that would stand with me and say, no matter how many times I have to slap the devil in the face and tell him the truth of God's word, I will. No matter how many times I have to sit in a chair and wipe the tears from my eyes and come out in this place and declare truth over faith and assembly and over this community, I'll do it because God is good. And I will daily remind the devil that the Lord says that he has a plan and a purpose for me. And I will daily remind the devil that greater is he that's in me than he that is, is in this world. And when I feel lonely and when I feel forsaken, I will stand and say that I am never alone because God is always with me. And I know today there are some people in this place that need to do the same. And I know there's people in this place that have been doing that. And I want to encourage you today, keep the fight. What you're doing matters, and God has a purpose and a plan for you. And sometimes you've got to fight through to get to the breakthrough. Sometimes you've got to stand tall to fight the giant. And today, I'm encouraging you to walk in that. We can't be silent. We can't nest in our fears that we all have. We can't nest in our insecurities. We can't nest in our doubt when there are people who need what we have. People need your smile. People need your kindness. People need your talents and your gifts that have come from God. See, all too often, even in the church, we sit in a place where we look so inward and all we feel is the pain of the crushing. All we feel is the pain of the disappointment and the heartache. But can I tell you, it's in that moment where you have felt the most crushed that your anointing will flow. It is in that place where you have felt crushed and beat down that your anointing will flow because when you felt alone, you can declare truth to people who feel alone. When you've walked through a divorce, you can speak to people who are walking through a divorce. When you are dealing with fear, you can declare life over people who are dealing with fear. So don't allow the enemy today to keep you in a place of focusing on that crushing, but stand up, church, today and walk in the anointing that God is calling us to. No matter how many times we have to renounce the lies of the devil with God's truth, we're going to do it. We're not going to serve in our ability, but we're going to serve in God's ability. We're not going to serve in our strength, but we're going to serve in God's strength. Because God is not going to ask a single one of us what some, somebody else did. God is not going to ask you what other people did. He's going to ask you, were you faithful with what he had given you? Were you faithful with the life that he had given you? The real question is, we read Jeremiah 29, 11. You're very familiar with it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. 
But today I want to ask the question, do you fully believe Jeremiah 29, 11? Is it just a plaque that you have at home or a sticker on your car? Or do you really believe that God has a plan and a purpose and a hope and a future for your life? And you know what's very interesting about this verse? Because here's what I don't want you to miss today as I'm talking about this verse. Because the verse just simply says that the Lord has planned this for you. The Lord has planned a future and a hope for you. The Lord has planned a beautiful future full of hope for you. But the question today is, are you willing to receive it? Are you willing to walk in it? How many of you have ever had something planned for somebody? Like you had a surprise party planned or you had this gift that you had bought and you got it special wrapped with a special bow and you were going to give this to that person and you were so excited about it. That's how our Heavenly Father is this morning. He's planned something great for your life, but are you going to show up for it? He has planned a hope and a future and blessings for you, but are you going to be there to receive it? Or are you going to be so inward focused that you don't receive all that God has for you? Are you going to walk in it? Are you going to show up for the plans and purposes that He has for you? Do you believe that God has a plan for you, like He said, to the point that you're willing to walk it out and you're willing to share all that's overflowing in your life with those around you? I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to attend a conference. And one of the speakers at the conference was talking about times in our lives when we have to encourage ourselves. And how important is that? That there are moments after moments in our lives that we have to encourage ourselves. That is so true. And at the conference, she took out a bag of confetti just like this. And she began to demonstrate how it works. This is when I shouldn't use a handheld mic. But she talked about how in life we have to encourage ourselves. And it looks a little bit like this. Today, I'm feeling really less than. And I'm just feeling full of fear. And I'm just feeling like nothing's going right. And it's in that moment when you do pull out that scripture and you're like, Oh, greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. And when the enemy tries to make me believe that I'm down in the pit and there's no way out, I pull out my confetti and I declare truth over my life that says my God will never leave me nor forsake me. Amen? And every lie that the enemy tries to come over in my life, I just pull it out and I say my God said that he has a plan and a purpose for me and he has a future and a hope for me. And in those moments of my life when I have been so down and I have been so discouraged, it's in that moment that you just encourage yourself with the truth of who God is because He is good and He is merciful. And I thought, man, that is so powerful. Yes, we do have to encourage ourselves, and that is so good. But in that moment, the Lord impressed on me and He said, yeah, Lisa, but your true character comes when you can throw confetti on somebody else. Your true character comes out when you can serve others and you can throw confetti on others, not just yourself. Because in that moment when we choose to look past our hurt and we choose to look past our disappointment and we choose to look past just how we feel and we can stand up 
and we can declare truth over others, that is when the river of life flows through you. I felt like the Lord said, that's your powerful moment. When we choose that we're going to push past just what we have going on in our lives, and we're going to throw confetti on somebody else, not just ourselves. We're going to push past all the hard times in our lives, and we're going to focus and actually care about other people and what's going on in their lives. When we choose that we're going to push past our insecurities, our own pain, our own disappointments, our own busy strongholds, and we're going to love on those around us. Throw in some confetti, not just on yourself, but on those around you means that you say, yes, I'm going to give of myself. Yes, I'm going to give you some of my story that says, oh, I've walked through that hard place, but God saw me through and he's going to see you through. Yes, I got that medical diagnosis, but I went and talked to the healer and one way or the other, God's going to be with you. He's going to see you through and he is the healer. He is the miracle worker. He is the way maker. And when we start doing that, some powerful blessings are going to come into our lives and God is going to do some great things, not only in your life, but in this church and in this we can throw confetti on other people because we know how faithful God has been. And we know how good God has been. When you serve, it's like throwing confetti and spreading it around. And man, we'll get you some camo confetti. Because I know this is real girly. But we can get you some camo confetti. This is what serving really is. Because Proverbs 15, 13 says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face. And sometimes all we need in the church and out in the world is to notify our face. Oh, because God is good and the joy of the Lord is going to show out on our face and in our life, right? Acts 3, 6, then Peter said, silver or gold, I don't have any. But what I have, I give you. And what I have is that I know that we serve a good, good father. And what I know is at times that I have had to fight through the lies and the attacks of the devil. God reigned victorious in my life and he will in yours too. I know that I can tell you the times that I have had diagnoses and I have had things come into my life. God healed my body. And it may not look like you want it to, but God will heal yours too. I know the times that I have heard the voice of the enemy trying to sit me down and stop me. I know that I serve a God that cares enough about me that he reached way down. He reached way, way, way down when he reached down for me. And he'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for your family. He'll do the same for this community. And why do we do this, church? we want to see a revival that's not just about us but it's about other people that are hurting and are broken and they need to hear your story they need to hear about the God that helped you and when we throw confetti on others we can stand in a place and we can say I don't know how to fix your problem but I know a man who can I don't know when joy is coming, but I know it's coming because my God said that joy comes in the morning. Come on, somebody. I don't know when your child is coming back to God, but I know that they are because every word of the Lord never returns void. I don't know when. I don't know when the 
ache in your soul is going to stop. But I know that we serve a God that loves and binds up the brokenhearted. Amen. I don't know when you're going to see God's plans for your life fulfilled. But I know you will if you hold on tight. Because my God said that he has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And my God said that each one of us are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he said that no weapon formed against us would prosper in the name of Jesus. And you know what? I don't know about you. But I've had so many times that I felt like I was in the fire pit. I have felt like I was in the fire and people and things and whatever. This life was coming against me. But when you decide that you're going to serve others and you're going to pour out to others, it's in that moment that you can take your handful of confetti and you can say, oh yeah, friend, I've been in the fire. But we serve a God that when I looked back, there were four people in the fire. There was a fourth man in the fire. And he'll be there in your fire too. Greeter, every time you drive that golf cart across this parking lot, you're speaking life over the people who are coming through these doors. Lady, every time you decorate a gala table, you're speaking life over the ladies that God sends to sit there. Usher, every time you help someone find a seat or share a smile, you're speaking life over everybody that comes into this place. Nursery worker, every time you rock the baby in the nursery, you're letting God's love flow out of you and to those around you. I don't know about you, but my God has been so good to me, there is no possible way that I can be a confetti hog. No way. No way. My God is so big and so good and so powerful. I want to spread Him everywhere I go. I want to spread the goodness of my God, the faithfulness of my God far and wide. Psalms 102 says, Serve the Lord with gladness. Everybody say gladness. Oh, that's beautiful because... It says, serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. It doesn't say come before him with murmuring service. It doesn't say come before him with tired service. It doesn't say come to the Lord all with your bored service or your service of gloom. It says, come to me with gladness. And he says, serve the Lord your God with gladness. That means he, um, he's declaring, he already assumed that his children are going to be serving him. And so he went ahead and told us how to serve him. He said, serve me with gladness. Because he is our creator, we serve him with gladness. How many of you know it is a privilege to serve the Lord? And even though I've had to walk through some hard times, and I know you have too, it is a privilege to be able to tell others about the power of our God. Number three, make sure your life includes confetti and be sure to share it with those around you. Stand with me this morning as I close with a couple of scriptures. It is a powerful moment in our lives when we can be a blessing to those around us even on our worst days even when you're struggling even when you're sad even when you're facing hard things can we still serve because serving others is more than keeping up with your to-do list and serving the Lord is not a volunteer program that gives you self-gratification To be a servant means that you genuinely care 
about people around you. And in John 13, 15, we see an example that Jesus gave us about serving. Jesus knew what he was facing was really hard. And you know, it was really hard because he was getting ready to go to the cross to bear the sins of the world. And I don't know if at that moment, I know I wouldn't, when I was getting ready to go, if I was getting ready to go to the cross as Jesus was, I don't know if I would really be thinking about throwing a lot of confetti around or thinking about the needs of others. But Jesus set an example for us in one of the hardest moments of his life that he got down and washed his disciples' feet. He still was loving on people and he still was sharing the goodness of his heavenly Father with people. And it says in John 13, 15, it says in this moment, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. He set an example that we should do as He has done for us. Jesus served because He loved. 1 Peter 4, 10, 11, As each has received a gift, now listen to the words of this, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace, whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order. Why? So that God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. To Him belongs glory, dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm so thankful that God gives us an opportunity to serve Him with gladness, aren't you? I'm so thankful that I serve a God that includes me on what He's doing and the impact He wants to make in my family, in this church, and in this community. If you're here this morning, I believe that God is asking some people to push past what you're feeling, to push past your insecurities, to push push past your fears. And this morning, He wants to give out a fresh anointing. It doesn't matter if you just open the door, if you rock the baby, if you empty the trash can. It's all part of serving the Lord. And it's all part of overflowing into what God has done in your life and you're letting that overflow out to others. He wants to bring renewal this morning. Do you believe that? He wants to bring a fresh anointing this morning. He wants to give you a renewed purpose for your life because sometimes we get off track when the enemy tries to come in and we get off track on what God is asking us to do. And I believe there's some people this morning who just need to come and say, God, I want more of that overflow. God, I can't give something I don't have, and I need more of you. I need to be with you, Jesus. I need to be in your presence this morning so that I can overflow out to those who need you. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day.